Hello, I'm Marcus Alton, the editor of the tribute website brianclough.com, and there are some wonderful Cluffy stories in the episode I've recorded with the great Alan Hinton. He lives in Seattle these days, but has some fond memories of his time in the Midlands, playing for Wolves, Forest, and Derby. In this taster of the full fascinating interview, Alan tells me about the time Clough called on the help of a passing police car to get his team to a match on time after they got stuck in traffic. The problem came about after he let the players watch the lunchtime racing on the television. It meant they got caught up in the traffic on the way to the game at Leicester. Alan tells the story brilliantly. Have a listen. So as soon as the race was over, we jumped on the bus. The problem was that every single Derby County fan must have been going the same way as we were to the <laughs> ground. And and we were just stuck. I mean, totally stuck. All of a sudden, he sees a police car. He jumps out of the bus, jumps in the police car in the passenger seat. And of course, we're, we're standing up cheering and cheering. All of a sudden, the police car gets us out. Honestly, we were taking bets that he would take the, tell the police car driver to get out of the car and he'd drive it. <laughs> uh, but it, it was hilarious. And, of course, in those days, you had to be at the game half an hour before to hand in your team sheet, otherwise you were fined. And we just about made it. And, of course, we, I'm sure we won because we were in such a good mood, you know, because he each once again showed... Great leadership, which he, which he was. He was a leader, and I'm sure the policemen had a lot of fun listening to him, you know? <laughs> I bet they did. I bet they did. And I was reading a book by the, the former journalist George Edwards, and he recalled an incident where I think you had, had turned up just slightly late to the dressing room, and despite your apology, Clough said, right, that's a fine of £10. And even though you tried to explain each time you did, the fine went up. Oh, you, you, you couldn't take him on. and uh, But I, I, will, I will give him a lot of credit. If you proved him wrong by facts and you had the guts to take him on, he'd start laughing. You, you got a special mention uh, at Brian Clough's memorial service at, at Pride Park. And I don't know whether you know that, but it really showed just how much Brian thought of you. Um, it was when the, the former England cricketer Jeff Boycott was paying tribute, and I'd like to play you a little snippet of it, if that's OK. OK. Um, that's so, lovely. That's so lovely. Have a, have, a, have a listen to this. They thought him arrogant, brash, forthright, too opinionated, and yes, he was all of those things. But if they really listened to what he actually said when he was talking about football, not the way he said it, he was nearly always right. He was provocative and fascinating, but he had a clear picture of the way he wanted his teams to play football, which was on the floor, passing the ball with great defence. He never asked players to do what they weren't good at. When I watched him one time at Derby, his teams, I saw this lad in the white boots on the left wing called Alan Hinton. And I said after the match, I said, he's pretty good, but I said, he's a bit frightened of tackling, you know. He says, hey, he says, I don't pay him to tackle. I pay him to pass that ball onto my centre-forward's head so he can get goals. And he's bloody good at that. 
That was a special moment at the memorial service. Well, that was, uh, it was very fond of Jeffrey Boycott. And Jeffrey Boycott would often come and have uh, dinner with the team the night before the game. And uh, uh, Brian was very fond of him. Of course, they, they're both Yorkshiremen, you know? Yes. And uh, cricket was a big deal to, to Brian. I mean, uh, we, we used to play for, we used to play against uh, Spondon for charity. We'd play some games in Matlock. Sometimes we'd get some old Forest players to play with us. And I remember Sammy Chapman, who was a real character, who later came to play for me in uh, Tulsa, uh, alongside Roger Davis and David Nish and Steve Powell. Sammy Chapman playing cricket, he used to love to call Brian, Brian. We never called him Brian, we called him Boss. Yes. But, but Sammy, knowing it was a cricket match, and knowing he was playing for Forest and not for Derby, he used to call him Brian. Oh, and he, he used to laugh like crazy, and so and we all did. <laughs> and he got away with it, did he? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, hey, tough. Uh, you know, he wasn't always serious. He had no. a really humorous side to him. And, yes. uh, and of course, Peter Taylor used to wind him up sometimes. Yes. And, and, yeah. and Peter would tell him, you know, it's time for you to have some fun with the players. And... Uh, uh, you know, you've been too serious for a few days. Now you've got to make them laugh, and uh, and he did. But it was good that obviously Clough wanted you to concentrate on what you were good at, and you know he didn't care that you may not want to tackle as long as you provided the goods for him on the pitch. That was what mattered. He used to say to the players, "Give the ball to Alan. He knows how to play." The interview also reflects on the many friendships Alan has made over the years, both in the UK and the States. It's been wonderful. And, uh, yeah. you know, you can't do anything without people in your life. You know, I've got a wonderful wife, I've got a wonderful daughter, and I've got three great-grandkids, and I've got, I've got so many friends, uh, not just here in Seattle, in Vancouver, BC, when I was at the Whitecaps, uh, I coached at Tacoma Stars for a while. They have good memories. Uh, and, of course, my my playing days in England with Derby Wolves and Forest, uh, I, I can't believe I was so fortunate. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I got a lot of help from a lot of people. And uh, I got more help when I was a boy from the brick wall, the old-fashioned brick wall. <laughs> when you used to kick, well, I'll tell you what, yeah. all the kids today should find a brick wall. You can't find many of them anymore, but... Uh, the ball always comes back to you from the brick wall, you know. The full Green Jumper interview with Alan will be coming soon, but the book, Triumph and Tragedy, the Alan Hinton story, written with Charlie Bamforth, is published by GP Books, and you can buy it by emailing gpbooks at hotmail.co.uk, or if you're in the States, it's hintonallen at live.com. 